Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, episode 418. This is the weekly podcast about American flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice, and I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This podcast is brought to you by slowflowers.com, the free nationwide online directory to florists, shops, and studios who design with American-grown flowers and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. And thank you to our lead sponsor, Florist Review Magazine. I'm delighted to serve as contributing editor for Slow Flowers Journal, found in the pages of Florist Review. It's the leading trade magazine in the floral industry and the only independent periodical for the retail, wholesale, and supplier market. Take advantage of the special subscription offer for members of the Slow Flowers community at deborahprinzing.com, where you can also find the show notes for today's episode 418. Our first sponsor spotlight this week goes to Association of Specialty Cut Flower Growers. Formed in 1988, ASCFG was created to educate, unite, and support commercial cut flower growers. Its mission is to help growers produce high-quality floral material and to foster and promote the local availability of that product. Learn more at ASCFG.org. Our theme for 2019, 50 States of Slow Flowers, continues today with Tammy Krein of Ken's Flower Shop in Bismarck, North Dakota. Listen for my conversation with Tammy in the second portion of this episode. Well, I just returned from a short trip to Salt Lake City, where I attended the GardenCom Annual Conference, which is the gathering of professional garden communicators that I've long been affiliated with. I've known that I'd be traveling to Salt Lake in early September for quite a while, and I also knew I wanted to visit today's guest while I was there. You see, Laura Pittard of Poppin' Blossoms was the first Utah member of Slow Flowers. She joined a few years ago after we originally met in 2016 at Red Daisy Farm outside of Denver. Laura was new to flower growing, and she was pretty isolated as one of the first growers in her region. So I was doubly impressed that she flew to Denver to network with others at the Slow Flowers Meetup and Barbecue, hosted by Red Daisy's Meg McGuire for Colorado flower farmers and florists. Laura and I reconnected on several other occasions at conferences and workshops, and earlier this year I was able to feature Poppin' Blossom's profile and beautiful flowers in Florist Review's Rocky Mountain themed issue. Laura and her family, including her husband Brian and son Grayson, welcomed me to Poppin' Blossoms in Orem, Utah, about 40 minutes south of Salt Lake City. We started off by recording this episode, followed by an informal gathering as seven local flower farmers and farmer florists joined us for a tour of Laura's beautiful growing fields. The group of us enjoyed a great discussion over lunch, which Laura generously provided. For me, it was an honor to witness the emerging and exciting local floral scene in Utah. There are many talented folks doing community-focused and collaborative projects, and I hope to feature some of them on upcoming episodes. 
For now, please enjoy this conversation with Laura Pittard of Poppin' Blossoms. Laura's mission is to supply her marketplace and community with the highest quality premier specialty cut flowers. In my opinion, she has already reached that level of excellence and the future is rosy as the momentum can only grow for what Laura is doing and others in the local seasonal and bespoke cut flower world. I'll share photos of my visit and links to Laura's social places in our show notes at deborahprinzing.com. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, and I am coming to you today from Orem, Utah, with my wonderful guest, Laura Pittard of Pop and Blossoms. Hi, Laura. Hello, Deborah. <laughs> so great that we're doing this. And we'll sit a little closer to the mic because um, I'm loud. And I'm soft, I think. Okay, but you can speak up. You might need to tap me on the shoulder. <laughs> Thank you so much <laughs> for saying I could come visit you. I'm in Utah for the Garden, Com- Garden-, Garden Communicators Garden Com Conference, and I immediately thought, I'm going to come see Laura. We've met on a couple occasions, and it's just so nice to see what you're doing. So thank you. Thank you for coming. Yeah. We were reminiscing (laughs) that we met about maybe four years ago at, um, you came to Red Daisy Farm for a kind of a meetup. Mm -hmm. And okay, from Utah to Denver, Colorado, what was that drive? I flew. Oh, you did? Okay. But it would be like nine hours. Oh, okay. So you fl- that makes more sense because yeah. we were all like, this woman's here from Utah. Wow, <laughs> she's devoted. <laughs> well, we didn't have that here yeah. really at the time. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then we've met at ASCFG conferences, and I just love that we can finally sit down and, and tell your story, and mainly because I love you, and I also <laughs> feel like Utah is underrepresented in the slow flowers world, in the farmer florist world. So give us a snapshot of Pop and Blossoms. Tell us a little bit about where you are and what you're growing and all Gosh. of the above. <laughs> well, this year I have about 1,400 dahlias. Um, Lysianthus is another. Gosh, I probably have 10 different varieties of that. Um, and are you growing in a high tunnel on Lysianthus? No. Mm-mm. Everything's field grown so far. Wow, you're like one of the few people in the country I know who's growing Lizzie's in without cover, just because of where you are, probably. Yeah, I mean, I can't really get that second flush. Okay. So it's a s- important crop, though. Very. Wow, it does well. And does well. so you're all field grown. Mm-hmm. And um, what what about what size acreage are you growing at here at Pop and Blossom? I think I'm currently only probably a half an acre, maybe wow. a little more. Wow. Everything's so dense, it just, you don't you can do that much in half an acre. That's great. Yeah. Um, what is your season? Um, well, I mean, it could be pretty much April to mid-October if I get all my spring stuff mm-hmm. together, which mm-hmm. I haven't done such a great job mm-hmm. with that yet. <laughs> what is, um, in, in the zone, do you know what zone you're in? Uh, seven, or five. Okay, five so you have a... Year. Winter is tough here. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Um, and so you've got this this season four. You said mm-hmm. right. Where? Who are your customers? Where are you selling? Right now, it's I just go directly to the designer florists. Mm-hmm. It's expanding though. Whole Foods has reached out to me for the state of Utah. Wow. And some other uh, restaurants and different things. And mm-hmm. I do want to put do workshops and make it more community. But right now. It is just the designer florists, and they are 
keeping me busy. Wow. Um, and that's mainly weddings then? Yeah. I mean, they do events too. Mm -hmm. Just different events, but... Is it retail or mostly studio designers then? Uh, studio. Yeah. Studio. Um, well, okay. So, as I said, I was so shocked when I first met you that there was actually a cut flower industry in Utah, <laughs> but probably you're one of the first people who... who you're aware of who's growing yeah. on any scale, right? Yeah, there were three or four of us. Uh -huh. But I, I don't, I might, well, no, I'm not sure the scale of some of the others up north. So I, I mean, you might find sunflowers at the farmer's market, but that's a, a bit of a different niche, right? Yeah. Um, because it's, it's direct to consumer and it's maybe on top of growing vegetables also. Yes, and I just, the, the markets, I gotta pat the people on the back that can do that because every Saturday. I mean, you're married to the farm right? every day of the week. It's like, I didn't want to give up my weekends. Right. And being <laughs> off the farm is just, it's, a, it's sort of a speculative too. Yeah. You don't know what you're going to sell. Yeah. Um, okay. So what drew you to farming? We're, you, you, there is an agriculture industry here in Utah, but mostly people yeah. were growing food, I would imagine. Yes. Yeah. In fact, this, this whole area was orchards. It used to be orchards. Mm. Mm. So, because and, you're by a lake, so there's a water source. Yes, yeah. yes, which water is difficult here. But um, I even grew up on a farm. but uh, in, in Utah? Yeah, uh -huh. like a, about a mile away from here. Wow. I have not strayed far from home. You have not strayed far from home. <laughs> but what did your family grow? They, or was it more of a dairy? No, well, we had cows too. Uh -huh. It was to be self-sustainable. Okay. We milked the cows, we killed the chickens, we dug a field of potatoes... You fed the Corn, family. Yes, and then you bottled it and all of that stuff. And so farming mm. wasn't really, I was like, no, I'm not interested in that. <laughs> you mean like canning all summer just, long? Uh, well, just I remember thinking when I was a kid because we had to weed, I was like, the rows felt like football field lengths. They probably weren't. Right, but right. It's just like, like you finish one row and you feel, you're like, can I go play now? And yeah. no, nope, you're back to getting your, earning your. Yeah, earning your allowance. Keep. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. it's so interesting because I, I find that there's, I felt the same way about weeding, and yeah. and I, I, yeah. What draws us back to it? I don't know. Well, it's. I mean, it's peaceful. Yeah. Now I just. I mean, I like. I like the, that the flowers are about community and connection, mm -hmm. but I also like the tranquility of just being by yourself in the field. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. so you started growing about, what, 2015 or 16? Whatever, for 16, 16, 17, yeah, okay. 2016. Okay, and what's prompted you to, I mean, what had you been doing before that? Well, my husband and I have another business, and I do the books for that, still doing that. So you're... you're Business-minded. Yes, yes. And But I and a neighbor friend are coming to a similar stage in life where our kids were going to be grown and out of the house, and yeah. we were discussing, gosh, what, what now for us, you mm -hmm. know? Because everything has been about everybody else as often is the mm -hmm. case for women, you for know? For moms, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um, you did, You've done a lot of parenting and caregiving. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so she suggested we could do a flower farm. And I had never even heard of such a thing. Huh. Much less slow flowers. Right. Know what that was. You right. Know? She showed me florette. And I, I, initially I said, all right, you're nuts. You know how much work that is. Right. But then I started thinking. thinking about those weeding childhoods, the, the weeding childhood you had. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, in farming, you can't leave it, you know? Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. You're married to it. Mm-hmm. In fact, was she more of a gardener? Yes, she, she's a master gardener, mm-hmm. and her yard is lovely. Mm-hmm. So she was coming at it from that point of view. Yeah, yeah. But then I was thinking about it, and I thought, well, gosh, I've got all this family land. I'm sure my dad would be fine with that. In fact, he's happy to see the land used for farming. So I said, yeah, let's give it a try. And anyway, the partnership kind of didn't really take off, but I decided I like this. Your partnership with flowers took off. It did. Wow. It did. And I, the, I waited for the, I grew 200 dahlias. That was my first year. Wow. <laughs> Not wow. much. But I, when they bloomed, I had sort of scoured uh, Instagram looking for the more established wedding designers. Mm-hmm. And then I reached out to them, mm-hmm. and they were thrilled. You just cold called them. I did. Yeah. And so what? Like, Which were is you not start- my personality at all? No, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> what hashtags were you searching? Like, is there a sort of a like Utah weddings, or uh, are there destination places that people get married? There here? are. I mean, Park City is a major destination, which I would like to branch out into that a little bit more. And you said that's about an hour away. Yeah. 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 But I, I think just wedding florists. Mm-hmm. Was, and you could tell from their feed what, what their aesthetic yeah, was. Yes. And whether they would like those dahlias. Yes. So you cold called these, or in, mess, in, messaged. Instagram messaged them, and yeah. you just said, hey, I'm a flower grower, and I've got... Could I bring you a, could I bring you a bucket of flowers, a yeah. sample, and see if you're interested? And I haven't had one person... Because I hear on some of your podcasts, I'll hear the people say, the people say, oh, I don't like dahlias or this or that. They're just always hungry, over the moon for them. Yeah. Laura, so. what else, their other alternative? Like what, where were they get? Uh, there, is there a major wholesaler in Salt Lake or in? in? Um, there is a wholesaler here in just a few miles away, uh-huh. Red Mountain. And then there are three, I think, at least three in Salt Lake. And would you say they're more... Conventional, and they'll probably have a very diverse mix of imports, and maybe some California grown. And yes, yeah, yes. So, wasn't any like artisan flowers or specialty cut flowers really in the marketplace? Right. At those wholesale, I mean, I'm right. sure those wholesalers, it's a hassle to buy from small farmers. Yeah. Well, I'm even surprised to find out. See, and I don't have a history with what they sell. Yeah. Um, like but, what, what are you competing against? Right. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I have been there, but uh-huh. I haven't paid a whole lot of attention sure. to that. And but that's actually kind of good because it, you're making decisions based on what you know will grow well and what you personally like. Yeah. yeah. And what I see them using, mm-hmm. like I, I was surprised they don't really carry distant drums or the Coco Locos. Um, and yet that palette is probably what your wedding designers mm-hmm. want. Yes. I saw the picture of you on Instagram a couple of days ago with these massive cafe au lait. Were they cafe au lait? Yesterday, if, if yesterday yes. I posted, they were labyrinth. Oh, labyrinth, which is a slightly different color. It's more pink, right? It's a little sorbet-ish. Yeah. Yeah. With... Yeah, but it's a dinner plate, right? Yes. Yeah. And they're a little more frilly. And that's like perfect for weddings. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So when you post something like that, do you... Do people instant message you immediately and say, I want them? Or Sometimes they yeah. do. Yeah. yeah. Like, how do you, how do you get, get your ver- a variety list out to those <laughs> designers? I do have a list. I mean, my, my, the administrative side of this, I'm definitely lacking. 
Maybe it's because you're running the bookkeeping for another business. Too. Yes. <laughs> yes. You need to fire yourself from I, the other business. I do. I do. And that's kind of the plan. But I, like I was listening to the podcast the other day where the woman that you brought on to help you with that kind oh, of... Oh, Lisa. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. She and, saved my life. Yes. And I know I need that. Yeah. But... And each, each year this is just... I've let it kind of just organically happen mm-hmm. because I was already spread too thin. Mm-hmm. But well, yeah. Like going back to that first year, you said you grew... 200. 200 dollars. Yeah. Did you feel like you so, sold at the level that you were happy with what you sold? or uh, No. Because it was just still experimental. It was experimental. Okay. I was thrilled with the reaction. Yeah. So, so the next year I probably doubled what I grew, at, well, at least. And then, the, I mean, I've expanded each year, mm-hmm. and I will expand next year, because uh, each year it just sort of snowballs. <laughs> and I, I've kind of reached out to the wholesalers, but I'm then I backed off because I've had so much response from the designers that I don't want to not have what they need. Right. And you so. probably are getting more per stem from the designers than you yes. get from a wholesale. Yes. Right. So you expanded in a couple of ways. You expanded in quantity of dahlias. And then when did you start adding other varieties like the Lysianthus? I actually, I did add the, the other, I expanded the second year mm-hmm. with varieties of flowers. Mm-hmm. So um, how many different varieties or types of flowers you're growing oh yes and I I do have my mailing list and if people want to know what I'm growing I will send that out to them so can people reach out to you yes great yes um that should be more organized too but yes (laughs) no nobody's we've got to the coulda woulda shoulda we're gonna eliminate for like I'm assuming your design you're growing like kind of with the designer's point of view like what else would go with the dahlias yes and they've told me too they they said you really have a good eye for Mm. which that's I mean I would be a designer too but Mm -hmm. I again Mm -hmm. I'd be a writer too Mm -hmm. I'd be I play the piano I mean I'm I would have gone to culinary school. It's all yeah. the creative stuff. Yeah. But yeah, you can't. You would have been Martha Stewart. I, yes. <laughs> <laughs> if I had all the time in the world. But yeah, right. so they. You're yes. kind of drawn to any of those, so the aesthetic side yeah. of, of farming anyway. Yeah, and the local wholesaler came out a couple of weeks ago and they said, Your colors are fantastic. Oh, that's. So. Yeah, that's great. So, yeah. so they're trying to woo you now. I guess so, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're kind of in, um, you know, like a teenage level of this business. Like you're still uh, figuring out, do you get bigger or do you charge more? Or like what is the sweet spot for right. Pop and Blossoms? Then, yes. Right? Um, but I definitely want to bring the community aspect to it. So that that is in the plan, but... Yeah. Um, so right now you're um, in... You're in an area that's pretty close. It, I mean, it was like a, 10 minutes off, oh, five, two minutes off the freeway. It's yes. pretty close. But how much acreage is here? This, well, we were going to work up to two acres okay. here. But it, the family land here is like 12 to 15 okay. acres. And this so. is where your grandfather homesteaded? or Yeah, both of my parents are from here. Okay. And my mom, this is my mother's family's land. And the where I grew up was my father's family. Okay, so within so, all within a really close yeah. geographic area. Yes. And so you've been using this land, um, and it seems like it's worked pretty well to this point. Yes. Um, and you're not doing events on the property, though. You're not bringing people no, in necessarily. No, I was going to add mm-hmm. that this year, mm-hmm. 
but because things are changing, which yeah. we can talk about later yeah. or not. But I do have the, you know, the, um, just the community mm-hmm. always asking, how can we get your flowers? How can we get your flowers? Mm-hmm. And I wanted to add a flower bar day, mm-hmm. you know, where one day a week they could come. So again, that's yeah. still it's part of the plan. It's a great idea. Yeah. And so when you say that, you mean like the, the flower enthusiast or the, the individual, not a business person. Right. Yeah. Yes. I feel like so that. the retail industry. Yeah. And I see a lot of people are doing on-farm retail, um, maybe just on the weekends or whatever. Also, I think, Laura, you're a one-woman show. So you could do that. But it, like you said, where's the time? Yeah. Well, I would. Yes. When I get it all cemented a little better, I will. I will obviously hire Good. people. I guess we'll have to do yeah. a follow-up episode. Then. Probably, so. Probably um, so. What What I saw when we did the story about uh, the Rocky Mountain region for Florist Review, and we did a, a page about you and uh, in uh, Utah, is that I I felt like you had a really high level. The designers who are buying from you are really at the top of their game because you shared photos of, of your flowers in their designs. So that's only going to grow, I'm sure, in yes. terms of your, that's like your biggest piece of your pie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so now you have to decide which of your other pies that all look enticing, but where's the profit center on those? You know? Yes. Um, you'll get there. Yes, Yeah. I will. I will. Yeah. So in a typical week, like what's your schedule? Are you farming every day or? Yes. I, um, I come here to the farm. Well, at least Monday through Friday, I try to force myself not to come Saturday and Sunday, Mm -hmm. but. Well, we're here on a Saturday. Thank you. (laughs) Or, or my husband has said, are you going to go down to the farm today on a Saturday? And I said, no, because I will not come back. Yes. You just get stuck. My family will starve and I'll be down here farming. (laughs) You see everything that needs to be done and you just start working. But I I come in the mornings and uh, I'm here three to five or six hours, depending on the day. Yeah. And I'll come back in the evening if I don't get the harvesting finished. Sure. Also, it's pretty hot here in the middle of summer. So you probably do early morning, late afternoon. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Are you on... Any kind of drip irrigation, or it's all drip irrigation. So you don't necessarily have to be over here to water. It's more right. with dahlias. It's more deadheading and harvesting, right? Yes, yes. Daily, Const- yes. <laughs> well, the deadheading just is crazy. I, I suppose when you get to the point that you're selling every single thing you have, you maybe get. I don't know. They come on, so they are just a workhorse of a flower. Yeah, right. So. You'd almost have. You do have to harvest twice a day. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you sell, uh, the, especially the dahlias? Are you selling by the um, a bunches of seven stems or ten stems? Bundles or? of five. Okay. So. Okay. And then do you charge more for the dinner plates than the other smaller varieties? Or? Yes. I've heard other people are doing that. I charge more for the cafes and a little more for the dinner plates mm-hmm. than the other varieties. But, mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're a premium flower. Yes. Um, and then do you deliver or do the designers come here to pick up? Both, but mostly they come here to pick up. And so. you've pre-cut or yes. do they come? I know. try to have it pre-cut. That's what I've been trying to communicate mm-hmm. to them because cutting to order is difficult because they're showing up at the same time and yeah. you can't, you just. I mean, they'll, you're cutting to order, but you're getting the order ahead of time. Yes. Yeah. But then they usually add on, which is great. But my cool bot room is only... 
three weeks old, maybe. Oh, well, I still had a cooler out front. Yeah, that was my cooler. And that's kind of like a flower shop cooler, like yes. a two-door. Yes. And so you did build a cool bot. Yes. In like a, like, this is a little farmhouse, so like yes. in one of the smaller rooms. Yes. And so now I can go out and harvest a lot more and have stuff in there, and then they'll even just buy from what I have cut. Right. But up to then, I couldn't really do that because I didn't have a place to put yeah. them. Yeah. Again, you're so. just like growing... I don't want to say growing pains, but growing phases. Yes. Um, the other thing about, even though you're zone five, you, you don't, you, you'll go all the way through October probably before first frost. Our usual first frost date is October 15th. Okay. The last two years it has been earlier, but it will go much later too. Wow. But So you're just going to go until. Go until. Yeah. Okay. Um, someone was telling me that recently that um, I was talking about, uh, Charleston, South Carolina, and that, of course, we know they're under like horrible hurricane threat right now, but, <laughs> but summer is not the wedding season. It's spring and yeah. fall, and I'm wondering if you're kind of in that same boat. Um, I, I often hear when I listen to the things, people say July is such a slow month for them, probably, I guess, because of the heat, but, and I suppose it's a little slower. Although a place like Park City is probably yes. cool in the summer. Yes, so we do kind of, it's June through October mm -hmm. are pretty good wedding months yeah. here. But yeah. but definitely August, September, October. You can you're you're getting requests all the time. Then. Yes. Are you growing uh in the past have you grown like bulb crops in the spring? Or can they do do they do well here? They do. Okay. Yes, I I've, I've done tulips. I um was waiting also to cuz we were going to buy this land. land. Okay. So before I put in things that were permanent. Mhm. Mm I, I was just holding back on that. That's why I don't have as much of a spring thing. Like although. peonies or something. Yeah. yeah. But, well, let's yeah. just talk about it. So this has been leased land. I, no, I don't have... I just, oh, but it's family, it's family land. land yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, just, but in, in your planning, you, made, you came to the point where you decided you wanted to own your own land. Yes. And that, tell us a little bit about that, because it sounds like it's, it's a bump in the road. Yes. But people, everyone listening to this has had that a similar bump, maybe not about land, but about something that kind of threw them a curveball. Yes. So it's encouraging to know they're not alone. <laughs> yes. Well, or that you're four years into it and you're still figuring it out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. that's okay. I yeah. Have, it gets better each year. But, um, well, we were planning to build a new home. Mm -hmm. um, it was just on the horizon and then starting the flowers it's like, well, yeah, I want to have my own space. And then again, because I grew up on a farm, mm -hmm. I wanted to settle on my own patch of land. You were, you're okay living and farming on the same parcel then? Yes. Yeah. I mean, there's, yeah. Some, there's some economies of scale there. Yes. And I, efficiencies. I would prefer it, I think, mm -hmm. because with, I don't know how the people do it, Just that like the their farm is two hours away. Yeah, the shuttling. Well, like the, you know... Field and florist in Chicago, and they're going up to Michigan to farm yeah. 90 minutes away. But they figured it out, but there's two of them. <laughs> there's one of you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you found a piece of property. Yes, we've been, well, again, we were going to build here, but um, we, d we have just kind of hit roadblock after roadblock. But we've been with a realtor for two years where we've, she's been sending us properties. So we need at least two acres. I need water rights and... Um, anyway, they're usually older homes that need renovating, sure. and which is okay, but 
none of them have really worked. Mm -hmm. And then two months ago, I think, I think it's only been that long. And she sent, I mean, we get her listings regularly and this one popped up. It's five and a quarter acres. It's, it's, the home was built in 2002. So it's, yeah. New. You can move and, right in. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not. Gonna, maybe you'll yeah. paint or whatever. Yeah. Well, we're going to do more than just paint. But, <laughs> of course. <laughs> but it's beautiful. It's on the lake. It's 25 minutes from here. So it's out of the, I suppose, the metropolis, if you sure. call this that. Sure. Of, of Orem. Yeah. The lake is called Lake Utah, right? Utah lake, yeah. I looked yes. it up on the map. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So things are more affordable over there. Okay. So to get three and a quarter acres more of land... It's 1,200 square feet more of house, which you might, that's, people are, might be like, well, why do you want that much? But it just is. Yeah. You've got, still got kids at home. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's less money. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's the plan. So that's the plan. And it's on the lake. The five acres comes down to the lake. And then you see this over here, the twinkling lights and the mountains in the background. And so I'm thinking of maybe even adding venue space. Yes. Maybe. Oh my goodness. Wouldn't that be great? But I don't know any of the zoning or anything. But yeah. That's, but it's tempting. Yes. And do, uh, do you, I mean, I, there's so many ideas that are running through my head just thinking about <laughs> this. Like, it's obviously very picturesque. It is. So people will want to come out and see the flowers. You could do workshops so. there. Yes. Will you have yes. to build a barn or some kind yes, of shelter? Yes, we will have to build structures. Yeah. Yeah. But my husband, he said he wants to go over there. And he said, I will do anything you need wow, for this farm. <laughs> and yet he's running his own business. So he's kind yes. of helping you on the weekends too then. Yes. Yeah. And he said, so we have a, a shop about three miles or so from here for, he said, I will build a cooler over there. I will haul your flowers over here every day. <laughs> wow. So, so, yeah. so, but then that would be a third look. I mean, you, you're going to live on one location. You still have another store like shop for for like temp like storage i guess or well flower storage we'll do he no i mean we'll do oh, you'll do the it farming at the, at the okay. new house oh okay oh wow but he just said he'll bring the flowers he'll bring people's orders and they can just pick up oh at this location here in town. yes so he so. would be like your annex mm-hmm. i yeah. i think <laughs> something really smart about that because you're still consolidating the, the orders, and then you won't have to physically be there. People can just come pick them up and... Yes. Oh, okay, I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> um, what uh, What is the timeline for you? Are you, like, you're going to wrap up this season here and yes. then dig up all your dolly YouTubers yes. and move them? Yes, and oh next gosh. spring I'll dig up my roses okay. and the things that I... The, the handful of perennials that I have, and mm. we'll move them over there. Huh. So you didn't, you mentioned that you, there wasn't really a market here for pe- anyone growing distant drums or cocoa local. Are you trying to grow those? Yes. Okay, wow. Yes. How many plants do you have? I only have, um, I have about only 10 cocoa locos. I have more on order that were They're supposed to, to come in the on. spring. But yeah. yeah. And I have about, oh, I don't know, 15 distant drums, but... A, I have some on order for that, too. So your designers are hungry for those colors. Yeah. But those have not... The the early summer flush was fantastic, and the heat we get here for those has just made them little baby things. Mm. But I did add garden roses and things, and those seem to do just fine. Oh, wow. So you'll have a whole rose area in the new property. Yes, which was the impetus for that was going to Dawn's 
up at all my time. It's like, oh my gosh, okay, now you have to add roses Oh my gosh, that's right. (laughs) You came to the rose workshop Mm -hmm. that Dawn and Alicia did last summer. Yeah, I mean, your eyes must have been drinking all that and thinking... There's a there's an opportunity here. Yes, and you love the flower probably. Yes, they're a little. Um, uh, for me, they've been a little more tricky though, because they're not. I mean, well. Yeah, this is not as mild as yeah. Seattle or north of Seattle. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they need to go under slight shade cloth or something. I mean, it says full sun, but yeah, that's interesting. It's so hot here. Yeah, so. maybe you have a high tunnel structure that has. Um, you roll the sides up when it's yeah. in the spring and fall, but then you give them a little protection. Yeah. So we'll figure to it out. To be continued. They're, yes, they're a work in progress. How did you come up with the name Poppin' Blo- Pop, <laughs> I can't even say it, Poppin' Blossoms? Well. Or was it with your former neighbor? No, okay. my daughter actually came <laughs> up with it. and it's uh, cute. I think I think we talked about it at Meg's okay, a little remind bit. Remind me, I'm so sorry, I forgot. <laughs> well, I don't know if I had had the name. Maybe it was brand new. No, I don't think I had it because I remember you saying the this and that. Uh huh. Seems to be overdone. Over, really overdone. Yeah. Like, and what do I know? But I just observing no, it. It is. Yeah. It is. But then I also knew that I wanted. I didn't want it to necessarily say farm in the name mm-hmm. because I wanted it to just be all inclusive to wherever the flower. If you start designing, yes. if you start doing workshops. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't have, because it wasn't like I didn't get into flower farming because of necessarily my heritage. I didn't really have a family. You know, yeah. some people will link it to their family yeah. history. Right. And so uh, I just brainstorming. My daughter said, she said the poppin blossoms. How because cute. Because poppin is like, you know, the hip thing, or if it's popping, it's hot. Oh, wait, how old's your daughter? So, well, she was like 19 then. Yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> but, you know, it's the double entendre because the blossoms pop. So it's like, oh, that's great. It's cute. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. It says flowers, but yes. it says like per, like trendy flowers. Yeah. And do you use that like Utah grown or anything as your tagline, or uh, is that more of a retail term that maybe you would use if you, like you you know, had to, a bouquet label or something like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess it does, I say, it says a fresh cut flower farm, but I should probably mm. add the. No. I mean, you use down. it in hashtags. I know. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's interesting. So since you started, it seems like well, we're going to have a gathering here. You've invited some other flower farmers. Um, how are people finding you and reaching out to you? And you're like, it sounds like you're kind of creating a community here. Of the other farmers? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of other flower. Like, Growers. Or- People who care about local flowers. Yes, um, and the, a lot of the farmers have reached out to me and wanted to, have wanted to come see my farm and stuff like that. Um, Heather of Wasatch Blooms, who's coming today, is trying to create the Utah, a Utah flower Collect- farm co- collective yes. community. Um, but the, gosh, the florists and all the people, it's a lot of word of mouth. Mm-hmm. And, and my Instagram so far has been really my only marketing. Wow. So. Wow. That's amazing. So when you said people in the community want to come out, they're finding you on Instagram too. Pretty much. And then word of mouth, yeah. which is... is one, one designer tells another designer yes. or something. Yeah. That's this organic. Is, this isn't, yeah, this isn't community. Well, it is, but it isn't. But So Sarah Winward came mm-hmm. last week for the first time. Wow. And so, she's based in Salt Lake? Yes, but she does, she does very little 
in Salt Lake. She's a she, traveling designer. She is. Although she says she wants to add more That must have been kind of like having floral royalty here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I was surprised because she went out and looked around and she said, these are Lysianthus? Yes. She's like, I've never seen Lysianthus look like this. Was it the those large flower they're, heads? They're just open because yeah. they when they get them. And the same thing with the, the the designer that came yesterday. I had asked her, do you want to add any Lysianthus to your order before she came? And she said, no, I think I'm good. Then she walked in the field and she said, um, I can't believe this is Lysianthus. I've never seen it look like this. Because they get like one or two things open and all buds. I don't really even cut it until it's... Is Lysianthus a flower that once you cut it, it doesn't open in a vase? Um, like a dahlia. I hear dahlias don't really do that. Dal- it, they, it depends on where they're at in the bloom process. Okay. Same with Lizzie. Okay. But they last forever in a vase. Yes. But then Sarah also said, well, I have another, I have a friend, um, Elizabeth. Gosh, I have to look. Okay. She's from New York City. She's doing a destination wedding in Idaho. And so she's placed a large order with me for next week. And how's she going to get them up to Idaho? Someone's freelancing for her. Who lives here. Who lives here. And they're going to take them all. But she sent her pictures of the Lysianthus, and she's like, oh. Why are there's a will, there's a way? Yeah, it just happens. It's like the field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. (laughs) And I really feel like there's something, we're on the cusp of something, especially in the high desert Rocky Mountain states where... That what you've described is sort of I've seen happening in New Mexico, where there's a, a little bit of a momentum going with growers, um, Arizona for sure, Montana for sure, and yes. I don't know so much about Wyoming, but Utah is like been on my radar ever since I met you, and it's exciting because there's a there's a lifestyle customer who wants beautiful flowers. Yes, and it's definitely a wedding destination. Like I was asking yes. you earlier, you're in a college, multiple colleges here. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of younger couples yes. getting married and probably maybe they don't have the budget. So right. older couples have, but there's a market for weddings of all vendors. Yes. So it's kind of, it's kind of like a perfect, like the perfect storm in a good way. So, yes. So I, I feel like in two years when I come back, you will have. I will. A lot going on. I will. I will. Yes. <laughs> uh, the I I did um, Ralph and Jerry Ann's Deadhead Cut Flower School oh. last year. Oh, wow. And there's, so their model where they go to Sun Valley yes. and Jackson Hole. and That could be your model, too. Yes. Wait, is I, Park City the main resort area outside of Salt Lake? Or? Yeah. There's, there are the... Snowbird and different um, resorts, Sundance. Okay. So there are several places where they can do. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, Laura, I feel like your biggest issue is personnel. Yes. Personnel and personality. (laughs) Okay. Because. But can't your flowers sell themselves? (laughs) They do. They do. But my husband, who's totally opposite of me, is like, why aren't you selling these? Why aren't you selling these? Well, because. They, I am, but, you know, he'd be on the phone. He, they'd be all sold. Well, Brian needs to quit his business and come work with you. He's, he said he sort of wants to transition into the, helping me. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Be careful what you he wish for. He, I, yes. 
I know. But he was out there working when I pulled into the, into the lot, so that's neat. Yeah, he's done the drip irrigation, and he does all this stuff. He's an engineer, too. Okay. So he can build anything I need. So that's that's a pretty handy yeah. asset to have. He made, built me a, a dahlia digging implement that goes on the back of a tractor. Ralph showed us one, okay. and then he came home and made one for me. Oh, how cool. <laughs> that's so neat. Yeah. Well, you've got a lot of exciting things on the horizon, and I, I'm really excited to show share photos of you and your flowers and we'll take some group photos because we're having a little party today and yes um I, i'm glad you mentioned the this this utah flower collective that's coming together so i w- w- want to follow up and write about that too yes. i feel like this is inspiring people who you know you probably did feel isolated when you first started that's probably why you did fly to denver or come you know to a conference in grand rapids like you you were just trying to figure out who else is doing this and yes. what can I learn? Well, and I also, having our other business, I know networking is mm-hmm. very important. Mm-hmm. And even the Whole Foods thing, because yeah. they've reached out to me. Oh, to I didn't supply. know if you wanted to talk about that. No, I'd love to hear I, Well, about. I need to, we still have to have our initial meeting. She's reached out to me. We're going to talk about it. But it came about because of that very first meeting at Slow Flowers in Meg's, because um, Calvin, yes. Arrowhead Dahlias, yes. he supplies the Denver stores. And the representative was there a couple of weeks ago and said, we, we'd like a supplier in Utah. Do you know of anyone? And he suggested me. And, and that was completely unplanned. We all just jumped yep. in the car and went out to see the Dahlia grower at, way out, you know, yeah. out in the middle of nowhere. And then I've seen, the, I've seen them at uh, AFCFG, AFCFG yeah. things. And so, yeah. and other connections that I've made, little things have come about too, so... So networking you believe in is, networking. Absolutely. So, but are you saying you're a little bit of an introvert? Very much an introvert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but one-on-one, I, I don't see it. So I think when yeah. you're talking about flowers, you light up. This is true. Good. This is true. That's good. Mm-hmm. Um, this is maybe the art school that you didn't pursue as a child, but maybe the music, I don't know, how do you work with music into your life? You, do you play piano? I do play piano. Okay. But... I'm a bit rusty at that too now. Yeah, something's got to go. T- yes, yeah. just not enough time. I think flowers are your medium, and they're a beautiful medium. You grow hot, incredibly high-quality flowers, as you said, premier flowers. Yes. And that's not bragging. <laughs> that's being proud of yeah. your standards or, or your quality standards. So, And they're beautiful. I Just everything about flowers is happiness. Yeah. Every adjective you could... I mean, they're peaceful, they're just every yeah. adjective you could say. They feed you. They do. Yeah. yeah. And clearly, your customers. Mm-hmm. Laura, this has been so much fun, and I'm so glad to get to see what you're doing, and uh, I'm just inspired by your doggedness, about just keep pushing it, and it does, I think we all don't know where we're going to end when we start out, because we're still discovering as we're going, and... Uh, but I see you, you're glimpsing the horizon of, with the new property. Now yes. you have a solid idea and a plan. Yes. Good. <laughs> Good. Thank you so much, Laura. Thank you for coming. I'm so happy to have you.
So happy we visited Utah and a special shout out of thanks to Laura for hosting our Slow Flowers meetup. I've written a recap of my visit to Pop and Blossoms and the wonderful group of kindred spirits I met last Saturday. We now have five members in Utah representing the, the exciting shift towards seasonal and locally grown flowers, serving everyone from farmers market customers and CSA subscribers to wedding florists and event designers. You can find a link to that post in today's show notes for episode 400. And 18 at deborahprinzing.com. You can also download a PDF of the Rocky Mountain themed Slow Flowers Journal section that I referred to, which includes a piece on pop and blossoms. I've also included that link in our show notes. Our next sponsor spotlight focuses on Johnny's Selected Seeds, an employee-owned company that provides our industry the best flower, herb, and vegetable seeds supplied to farms large and small and even backyard cutting gardens like mine. Find the full catalog of flower seeds and bulbs at johnnysseeds.com and check out my past articles featuring the wisdom and voices of flower farmers. You can find the links at deborahprinzing.com in today's show notes. Now, let's visit North Dakota, where we'll meet Tammy Krein of Ken's Flower Shop. Ken's is a local full-service floral retailer based in the state capital of Bismarck. Tammy purchased an established shop in 2001 and decided to retain its original name, although she has put her own spin on the business, developing a loyal customer base through her own branding. I first learned about Tammy through one of our South Dakota members, floral designer and educator Patience Pickner, and through Jason Lenz of Minnesota-based Lenbush Roses, which supplies Ken's Flower Shop and others with a regular flow of fresh, high-quality Midwest-grown blooms on its delivery route through North Dakota. You'll hear Tammy and I discuss the challenges to sourcing local flowers faced by a florist like her, someone located in a northern state, one that's wedged between Minnesota and Montana, and one that shares its entire northern border with Manitoba and Saskatchewan in Canada. She's making it work. I know you'll enjoy our talk, so let's get started. Well, I'm so excited today to visit North Dakota, and mainly because we have our very first member in Slow Flowers from North Dakota. I'd like to introduce Tammy Krein. Tammy owns Ken's Flower Shop in the state capital of Bismarck. Hi, Tammy. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Thanks so much for, for joining us and uh, sharing your story. Uh, give me a snapshot, Tammy, of Ken's Flower Shop. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, Ken's Flower Shop has been in the community, I can't even give you the exact number of years, but it's been 60 plus. Um, the original owner was uh, obviously named Ken. <laughs> right. um, he had flower shop in the front and kind of a fishing store in the back for many years. He <laughs> loved to talk fishing and flowers. Very, wow. <laughs> very unusual. Yeah. Wow. Um, I am. Yeah. Interesting. And I am the third owner of Ken's Flower Shop. I've had it now for 18 and a half years. Um, I still enjoy going to work every day. Um, it's always like a good, fun and exciting adventure uh, working with flowers. Um, I concentrate more on the fl fresh floral aspect of it uh, versus permanent botanicals, mm -hmm. but I will do some custom permanent work as well. Um, in the state capital, I like to, I, 
I'm known more for a little putting a little twist on mm. flowers, mm-hmm. you know, versus the standard um, old fashioned, I say, style. I like to see more updated versions um, of, of arranging in my community. And so that's what kind of sets me apart mm. from some of the others. So everything from daily deliveries to all all stages of life celebrations, birth to funerals, and then also weddings and events. Is that kind of the scope? That is the scope. I, my heart, I enjoy doing funeral work. Um, mm. It's probably the, the one I enjoy doing the most. I believe that every person's, you know, life should be remembered um, well-lived. They, mm. they lived a very well-lived life. And so I like to very much personalize their celebration of life flowers and, and add any personal touches. And, you know, that is, is my passion. I think it's special because it is sort of um, probably a category that some people just want to avoid, like, uh, you know, it's awkward or uncomfortable or whatever. So you're taking a, a more, uh, almost like a, like a mission based approach to, uh, to serving people at the sad part of their life. It is. It's a sad person and the saddest funeral is a funeral that has no flowers. Mm. So I, I just, every soul deserves to have a beautiful remembrance. Mm. And, and so they, the flowers are the best way to depict that or to represent that when it comes to the, to the, how they live their life. Mm. So what was your journey to flowers, Tammy? I mean, owning a retail flower shop for 18 years, first of all, you deserve like a gold medal because I know it's a hard, hard business just physically and psychically. Um, What led you to buy the shop? You know, for many years, I said I would never own a flower shop because it kind of, I mean, you really don't get to enjoy your holidays. But Mm -hmm. as a young, uh, young person, uh, junior, senior in high school, it happened that the owner before me um, was the sister of my high school boyfriend. So I ended up uh, working in the shop, delivering and assisting for, you know, several years. And even though that relationship didn't work out, I remained friends with uh, the sister and continued to help out at holidays and this and that. And then she, you know, taught me the basics of design and and uh, just kind of honed my skills there. And she's getting time to sell. And she kept saying, you're buying this. You're buying this. And I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> no, I am not. <laughs> and, and it, you know, she kept working on me, you know. And then I'm like, yeah. sat back and thought. And I'm like, well, maybe I could do this. Maybe I could, you know. And so got a hold of a good banker and the deal. Good family support, and there I there I was. I purchased it in two thousand one, and here I am today. It's almost like she was cultivating you before you even knew what was going on. And yeah, she... what I knew what was going because yeah, I went to college for business. I was going to be in business management and accounting and those type of areas, and they've been very helpful for this. Um, but yeah, not doing what I in my, what path I was on in in college. <laughs> Well, you just told me um, that as we were trying to set up this interview, you you were really busy last week because it was the state uh, conference for the North Dakota Florist Association. And I knew you were involved, but you just, before we started recording, you told me you're the president of that association. So congratulations, maybe, or you just said yes too many times. (laughs) Yeah. 
sometimes I, I have a hard time saying no and end up being, yeah. Well, ca- get myself spread a little thin. <laughs> well, capable women and all that. But uh, tell us just about the floral industry in the state. You said over 80 people were in attendance. So it's, North Dakota isn't a highly populated state with a lot of urban centers, is it? No, it is not. So a lot of the floral shops in our state um, do multifaceted items. So a lot of them are um, coffee shops and floral shops. A lot of them are the local gift store, flower shops. Sometimes mm. it's the supermarket and in the flower, you know, there's a small flower shop. I've even had the hardware store and the flower shop are together. Um, the majority of them in the little towns are, they have to do multiple things in order to succeed. Um, there's some of them that do face painting and ice cream store and flowers. I mean, there wow. are lots of different, lots of different items that, that go on in, in North Dakota. And there's a wide range. We have to deliver quite far, especially in some of the smaller towns to get, get the deliveries out. So mm-hmm. it's not just a, you know, five or 10 mile radius. There are some that deliver 40 and 50 miles out. Um, so that's, that's the biggest, biggest issues we come across here. Uh, and so are most of the members retail versus like a studio based or are you seeing any kind of growth in that area? We are seeing some studio based flower shops, mainly in the larger markets. Um, you know, so there's maybe a couple here in Bismarck, but the Fargo area is much more of a metropolis. So I shouldn't, you know, however, yeah. metropolitan area, they are much mm-hmm. closer to Twin Cities of Minnesota. So they get more of that influence. So I'm seeing more of the um, studio based arranged flower shops out in that, that area. Well, we met through uh, patients, as I said, and, and I know that you just participated in this uh, cool project called the Inspired Design Retreat that was in South Dakota. Um, right. and, and our mutual f- friends at Lynn Bush Roses were involved in that. They also were part of the Slow Flower Summit since it was in Minneapolis. And I, I understand that that particular event used all... I don't know, was it all local flowers or all American-grown? Um, I know there was a lot of emphasis. It had to be all, yeah. Yep, emphasis on, but uh, they had all American-grown um, flowers. There was nothing, you know, brought in from the South American regions mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the Len Bush and then Kel Flowers. Um, a local floral farmer in Sioux Falls was there, um, and also some Alaskan peonies were mm. there. Oh, that's great. Well, we're going to publish some photos uh, and a story about uh, that cool project, which I'm glad you were part of, uh, in, I think, the December issue of Florist Review. I I haven't seen the photos yet, but I've seen what's going on on social media, and it looked really beautiful. And uh, it was a lot of the photography took place outdoors, so you get a real sense of the plains and the, you know, the the environment that is in North and South Dakota, I'm sure. Um, Yes. The reason I brought it up is because I know you had told me that Lynn Bush Roses supplies Ken's Flower Shop. Um, Lynn Bush is based in the Twin Cities or outside of Minneapolis, uh, but they serve mainly the the upper Midwest florist uh, in terms of, of product. And so how does that work for you? Well, they um, they run their own trucks um, to us 
twice a week. Um, we are able to order up until four o'clock or so the night before. Um, and then the product is delivered to us the following morning um, on their own, you know, environmentally controlled mm. trucks so mm-hmm. that product doesn't get too hot or too cold or whatever. Um, they have a fantastic greenhouse system. You know, their product is incredibly fresh when it gets here and the longevity of it just seems to top a lot of the stuff that's shipped from anywhere right you know foreign markets yeah Yeah. even even from the west coast probably um yeah i mean what i alluded to in the intro is that it's you're fairly remote and there the flower farming hasn't quite blown up in north dakota as it has in other markets um what what is that you know, what do you think is going to happen? I mean, if you didn't have Lynn Bush, I mean, you would probably have a hard time getting regional product, right? Correct. There would be a real tough time getting regional product. Um, we just, the, the climate here does is not conducive to, to floral farming. You know, it would be a very short growing season um, unless you have the uh, funds to put up an immaculate uh, greenhouse. Right. It's really hard to get you know, to have that timing to get the product. And especially sometimes, you know, I'm just using roses, for example, you cannot grow the size rose that we would need to market in this environment. It's not going to flourish. Or just the energy cost would be so prohibitive. Yeah, the energy, oh, crazy. (laughs) So I'm sure that there... I can't imagine that. Yeah, I'm just thinking, like, if I came to Bismarck and and hung out with you and I would go happen to stumble upon a farmer's market, there's probably a few people bringing uh, annuals like sunflowers and zinnias to their stall at the farmer's market, but they, I'm just guessing that that sort of seems to be showing up at every farmer's market. But that, that, that kind of farmer hasn't made their way to the, to work with the professional floral uh, customer. Once in a while. Yeah, once in a while, they will come knocking, you know, come knocking on our door, whatever, with their product, um, you know, toward about this time of the year, maybe a little bit earlier. um, And we're able to buy some of the more fresh cut, um, Mm. locally grown, especially, like you said, the zinnias and stuff like that. Um, And then also, we do have one local peony farm um, that, that does grow. They have the greenhouse situation set up so that we can get fresh peonies, you know, from about, well, she usually May and June in that mm. area. We can get locally yeah. grown peonies. So for Ken's Flower Shop, um, it, it, you're, uh, would you say that you're kind of just beginning to promote domestic American grown or, or Midwest flowers? I mean, it's not been a, a tr- over the 18 years you've had the shop. It probably hasn't been a big part of your marketing mix. Correct. It probably, you know, I've probably had more of American grown flowers more in the last five years than the first, you know, 12 or 13. Um, Definitely, you know, and Lenbush has expanded the number of items that they're growing. So it's much easier to get it. Um, A lot of the other wholesalers are bringing in the California grown stuff in as well. But for a more local regional flower, Lenbush is, is one of our only sources. Yeah, that's exciting. Well, I, I hope that you are continuing to pioneer this uh, in North Dakota. I, when I was, before I met you, I literally had been scouring 
Instagram with the hashtag North Dakota Flowers, North Dakota Flower Farm. And I came across a few people, but I, I messaged people who didn't get back to me and I was feeling a little discouraged. Like, I know there's something there because it, I feel like it, this Still Flowers movement is happening in all 50 states, maybe at very beginning stages all the way up to really established. But uh, it's so great to connect with you and we can keep this conversation going about what's happening with your designs and um, you're, Absolutely. you, you got to provide flowers year round to your customer base. So there, you know, seasonality yeah. is relevant, right? <laughs> but exactly. Wow. Well, so um, before we go, I just have to ask, you have one more year as president of North Dakota uh, Florist Association. Correct. <laughs> I wish you well. Uh, it's probably Thank you. It's probably taking a bite a bite out of some of your special projects you'd rather be doing like teaching. Yeah. Well, you know, you get to you get to relate to a lot of the educators in the industry and and that's why I enjoy it. Like I really enjoy education and that's where I've gotten where I've gotten had I not continued attending classes and stuff throughout the country and networked with other florists, I wouldn't be where I am. And we need to stay updated or you're going to end up not being around. Mm. Great. Well, I hope to get to visit you someday. I was so close when I was in the Twin Cities this summer, but just the time time didn't work out. Uh, Tammy, thank you so much for giving us a snapshot of what's happening in um, the middle of the country, but really far north. Uh, What's the nickname for North Dakota? We'll have to look that up. <laughs> the frozen tundra. <laughs> the frozen tundra. That's why you relate so well to Alaska peonies, right? <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Well, it seems like it. Yeah. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. And I uh, wanted to share some photos of you and your flowers and all your social places at our show notes uh, for episode 418 at DebraPrinzing.com. And I'm glad, I'm glad you agreed to uh, let us visit you virtually. Thanks a lot, Tammy. Absolutely. Thank you. Check out photos of Tammy and find links to her social places in today's show notes at DebraPrinzing.com. Next week, we'll visit Ohio. Thank you so much for joining me today. The Slow Flowers podcast has been downloaded more than 515,000 times by listeners like you. Thank you for listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. And as our movement gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of the American cut flower industry, The momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too. I value your support and invite you to show your thanks with a donation to support my ongoing advocacy, education, and outreach activities. You can find a donate button in the column to the right at deborahprinzing.com. Our final sponsor spotlight is Longfield Gardens, which provides home gardeners with high-quality flower bulbs and perennials. Their online store offers plants for every region and every season, from tulips and daffodils to dahlias, caladiums, and amaryllis. Check out the full catalog at Longfield Gardens, and the website is longfield-gardens.com. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of the Slow Flowers podcast. 
Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more American-grown flowers on the table, one vase at a time. And if you like what you hear, please consider logging onto iTunes and posting a listener review. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. The Slow Flowers podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. Learn more about his work at soundbodymovement.com. Thank you.